Good morning. She's a black belt in karate. All right, good morning, folks. Today is Monday, October 3rd. Welcome to October. Welcome to Cybersecurity Awareness Marketing Month. I'm your host. Oh, wait, this is episode number what? 210 of the Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Thanks, BSEC. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and delivering my expert analysis on each of these stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break into the industry, we've got you covered. Before we get into it, though, shout out and thanks. Much love to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solution and Recon InfoSec. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Eric Taylor, my gang over there. Guys, if you don't have a solution for what happens if ransomware gets you slapped in the mouth, call Eric Taylor. Also, love goes to Recon InfoSec, which I've got a, a cool update about too. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged SecOps capability from the ground up, check out the Managed Detection and Response MDR offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, the process, the technology, the full stack, everything you need. Batteries are included to deliver full spectrum what? sec. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for the super chat, Jeremy Williams. Great to see you this morning. Check out Recon InfoSec for MDR capabilities. Links in the description below. Thank you so much. Genuinely appreciate the support. Coffee's on Jeremy. There it is right there. Doink. Oh, so good. Thank you to the Flaming Lips for the music. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so they stack. So if you're here all week, that's two and a half. If you're here all month, that's 10. If you're here for the quarter, that's 30. You get the idea. They stack up. So say what's up in chat. Say hello. Say hashtag team live, whatever you want. Just <coughs> by saying something in chat, you're essentially... Uh, forensically sound audit record of your presence here. If you're watching on replay, it still applies. So hit hashtag team replay in comments or, uh, you know, tell us how you're feeling. It's all good. Now, if you want to jump right to the news, if you're on replay, that's good. Go for it. You can just jump, jump, jump ahead. But if you're here live with us, you know what we're about to do. I'm going to push the intro script to the side, have some coffee, and welcome everybody into chat before we dig into this morning's uh, news briefings. <clears throat> Good to see you, Justin Loken. Nailed it, Justin Loken. Jeez. Justin Loken with the... Um, Justin Loken with the CYSA Plus cert exam. Way to go. Hey, Matt Mears. Good to see you. Looking forward to our upcoming excursion, my friend. Nathan Bullen's up in here. Aaron. Aaron KG. With the super chat, thanks so much, Aaron. Genuinely appreciate it. Love it, love it, love it. Aaron, you may know Aaron from the truck driver to cyber video that we put on the on the channel a couple weeks ago. He's that Aaron. Thank you so much for the support, Aaron. Mario Coins. 
Yeah. If you guys want, uh, like, still this experiment's still going on. If you hit the like button on YouTube, just to see if we get likes on the early part of a live stream, if it pushes it what? up. Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. Thanks so much for the super chat. Um, if we could push it to the front page of YouTube, it'd be worth checking out. Andre Escobar is up in here. Angel Perez, good evening, good morning, and good coffee. This is, just so you guys know, this is actually Colombian coffee. I normally drink French roast, but I was sent some Colombian coffee by a Simply Cyber community member straight from Colombia. So, um, so I'm giving it a shot. Hopefully, hopefully it's just coffee. You'll, you'll know in about 15 minutes if I'm like, ah, ah, the news, the news. Hey, what's going on, David Meese? Good to see you, man. David, I didn't get a reply back from my uh, my friend there over at Arizona State. Yes, yeah, Cyber Munchkin, Jeffrey, Justin Gold, Joel Belton. Colombian's good. French roast is my jam. Abdi Aziz, good to see you. Good to see you. All right, guys. Sierra, what's up? Good morning on LinkedIn. Oh, so good, so good. All right, guys. I think it's time we move into the news. We got some hot, some hot news today. Waste no more time. Exactly. Let's get into it. Maybe we'll have some time on the back end to play and have some uh, little socials. All right. Sit back, relax, everybody. Let's get into the news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, October 3rd, 2022. Microsoft confirms two Exchange Server Zero Days are being used in cyber attacks. Microsoft has confirmed it is investigating two Zero Days affecting its Exchange Server software late Thursday following a report from Vietnamese cybersecurity firm GTSC that the vulnerabilities are being exploited in the wild. GTSC said it discovered the issues in August while doing security incident monitoring and response and then reported the issue to Microsoft's zero-day initiative, which confirmed the bugs. The attacks, GTSC reported, chained together the two vulnerabilities. One is a server-side request forgery vulnerability designated as CVE-2022-41040 that can allow an attacker with credentials for a user account on the mail server to gain unauthorized levels of access. The second vulnerability, identified as 41082, allows remote code execution similar to the 2021 proxy shell issues that caused chaos for many companies, according to GTSC, although the firm wrote it was not yet comfortable releasing the technical details. Okay, so the um, th this makes absolute sense that this is the lead story. And this is actually one of the things I really appreciate about this series. Like when there is a legit... Um, you know, this is fine. Like, can we get the this is fine emotes in chat for squad members? When we get a legit this is fine situation in the in the in the industry, they typically lead with that story. So, guys, you definitely saw this uh, on Friday over the weekend. Mick Douglas, Kevin Beaumont <coughs> were um, tweeting and LinkedIn posting about this stuff. So this is not proxy shell, but it's very similar to proxy shell. And the TLDR is period. If you are running on-premise, meaning you have the servers on your, you know, infrastructure exchange, you are very likely vulnerable to this. You may even be fully compromised at this point. Uh, you got to remember, guys, exchange servers 
by their very nature, are going to have internet-facing aspects, right? OWA, you want your you want your end users to be able to access email, not just from on-premise, right? But from you know airport lounges and go-go in flights. But but the thing is, it's it's the time has gone for Exchange Server on-prem, all right? So um, you really should. I mean, the thing is, you can't migrate from Exchange on-prem to Exchange online protection or Azure or Office 365, whatever you want to call it, like with the snap of a finger, especially if you're a decent sized organization, right? If you're a smaller organization, you can, that's the benefit of being smaller. You can pivot a little faster, a little bit more agile. This is not good. So if you are not running on-prem exchange, then this story is just interesting. And you're on the sidelines watching a third string quarterback uh, named Bailey Zappi uh, take on Aaron Rodgers, right? You're you're just you're just watching the carnage unfold, but you're not really involved. If you are running on on-prem exchange, you probably aren't here right now today because you're putting out a um a a, a blaze uh in your IT infrastructure. Now, the one thing I do want to point out about this is this is quite serious, and you should uh, take uh, note of this. It is not Proxy Shell, but it is very similar to Proxy Shell. Okay. The one of the differences is, is they say that the second vulnerability is remote code execution, which is which is scary. But you need to chain it together with this other vulnerability, which is uh, a server-side request forgery um, that allows an attacker with credentials for a user account. Okay, with credentials. This is the key right here. Your Exchange server already needs to be owned in some capacity, which, by the way, isn't like incredibly hard to fish Carl, right? Right, you can get Carl and dump creds and all this other like they can do it, but this isn't like from the internet blasting through like proxy shell. This requires them to get access onto your box before they can exploit it. Okay, so lowers it it it, it well it lowers the risk, it increases the barrier to entry, but it's still happening. You absolutely should patch or come up with some solution. I don't think they have a patch yet. Um, this GTSC group here. It says that they've shared indicators of compromise. So if you are running on-prem, you should definitely use this scanner to verify whether or not um, there's indications of compromise if your Exchange server is down. Guys, mail is a mission-critical resource. If you don't believe me, take down mail and see how quickly the phone starts ringing and how quickly it gets escalated to the executives, okay? They rely on email as much as anybody else, right? Probably even more. So be mindful of that. One thing I will say is Kevin Beaumont, who is really an authority uh, when it comes to these type of things, Gossy the Dog on Twitter, definitely follow him. He's he's kind of been like anointed the, the meme vulnerability logo. I do feel a little triggered. You know how I feel about vulnerability logos and how important they are. Uh, in order to get mainstream traction on things. This is a big deal. This should be fixed. This, yeah, no patches from Microsoft. Yeah, it's just kind of workarounds right now, which kind of sucks. This this logo right here is terrible, obviously. He made this in MS Paint as a joke, uh, and it'll probably take off. The same thing he did with Log4Shell. So anyways, that's that's what's going on there. TLDR, um, I probably should have had this in the... Um, in the um, the newsletter, but this story hadn't kind of unfolded as much as it had um, on Friday when I did the letter. Lazarus hackers abused Dell driver bug using new FUD module rootkit. 
The notorious North Korean hacking group has been observed installing a Windows rootkit that abuses a Dell hardware driver in a bring-your-own-vulnerable-driver attack. The spear phishing attack unfolded in the autumn of 2021 and the confirmed targets, an aerospace expert in the Netherlands and a political journalist in Belgium, were emailed <coughs> fake job offers at Amazon. ESET reports that among the tools deployed in this campaign, the most interesting is a new FUD module rootkit that abuses the bring-your-own-vulnerable-driver technique to exploit a vulnerability in a Dell hardware driver for the first time. XNSA. Okay, a couple things here. This is really, uh, first of all, this graphic is ridiculous. Like, this is so silly. Like, when you go into these uh, image libraries and you type in hacker, like, what comes up is always funny, but this one's absurd. Um, okay, so Lazarus Group abusing... Again, Lazarus Group is North Korea's, like, financially motivated um, threat actor group. And they're really starting to flex. I don't know if North Korea is under pressure and they're trying to, like, maximize their resources or something, but... This is typically not common of Lazarus Group to go after individuals like this and spearfish them. Uh, they spearfished them with job offers um, and exploited a Dell vulnerability, a firmware vulnerability. Now, a couple of things that are interesting. One, they spearfished them, which means they targeted those two individuals very, very explicitly. I find it interesting that they, I mean, having a Dell driver bug means that they knew that they had Dells. They knew that they were versions of Dell that were vulnerable. Uh, that's really specific intel, right? I mean, they must have cased these individuals uh, to know what machine that they were running. Um, so that's kind of uncommon. You don't see that level of recon, especially of like the hardware they're running. But an aerospace expert and a political journalist, if I had to guess, this political journalist probably writes negative things about North Korea. And this guy probably has something to do with uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles. Just speculating here. Um Whatever. So this, this is whatever. Um, here's one thing I would point out. This this attack attacks drivers, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're still doing exactly. So uh, Joel Belton's pointing out here. This isn't the first time that Lazarus has done this. That's what I'm saying. Like they are having a trend of of attacking people not for financial gain. We saw it with that fake job attack uh, where you had to install the uh, root kitted. Uh, putty thing and we talked about oh like why would you do that you'd probably be running putty yourself but you know if you want a job you're going to do whatever the employer says in order to like validate yourself as qualified for the position um this is a little different like oh by the way um if you had edr uh on your system i don't know if it would work because you're attacking the firmware underneath you're not really you're you're attacking the firmware right and ultimately to get into the operating system it it could detect it, it could detect it, but I'm not 100% sure how, EDR is not typically looking at firmware. However, um, it got on the box, so spear phishing, so an attached email, they probably run something, it would have to be an executable. Um, so anyways, long story short, be mindful of job posting emails uh, and with attachments. That's the TLDR. I saw some comments in here about Munchkin starting her new job, or his new job, her new job, their new job. Munchkin, Way to go. Way to go. Crush it. Crush. Absolutely crush it. Please take the newsletter and just start kicking, kicking mud holes and dominating in your new role. Congratulations. Employee charged with violating Espionage Act and selling U.S. cyber secrets. 
The former employee, Jare Sebastian Dalki, appeared in federal court Thursday on charges that he attempted to transmit classified national defense information to an FBI agent he believed was a Russian operative in exchange for $85,000. This according to the Justice Department. <coughs> he had allegedly told the undercover agent that he had access to information relating to foreign targeting of U.S. systems and information on cyber operations. This according to the affidavit. Dalkey was only employed by the NSA for about three weeks before quitting on July the 1st, but while there he had top-secret clearance in his role as an information systems security designer, according to the FBI. Wow. Okay, so a couple things here. One, one, this sucks for Paul Nakasone, commander of the United States Cyber Command. The title says ex-NSA employee charged with violating espionage act, and then they have his picture. I'd be pissed if I was him because he's probably a, like, you know, a straight up, you know, patriotic American who does does right. And now he's kind of linked to this. But anyways, um, yeah, this Dalkey guy, he worked at the NSA for three weeks. Sus, right? I don't know if he was fired or he quit, but it's sus, right? You're there and then you're like, oh, no, I'm good. And then they probably noticed that he had copied stuff off or got access to stuff. Now. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So. I don't know, guys, $85,000. I know that's, you know, that can, that can help, you know, uh, that can help move the needle for some people, but dude, this guy's committed, like violated the espionage act. You really don't want to be doing that for $85,000. Um, found guilty. He'll be going to jail for quite a while. Um, and not the good jail, not the good jail, not the good jail. Like, I don't even know if this qualifies for like, um, what is it? Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay. I don't know. I don't think so. But like you definitely with with what we're dealing with right now and geopolitics, geopolitics in the world and everything like that, selling secrets uh, to Russia is definitely not going to go well, um, not going to play well in the public theater. So Jarrah Sebastian Dalkey, I hope you enjoyed freedom because <laughs> you're done with it. Microsoft to let Office 365 users report Teams phishing messages. Microsoft is working on updating Microsoft Defender for Office 365 to allow Microsoft Teams users to alert their organization's security teams of any dodgy messages they receive. Microsoft Defender for Office 365, formerly Office 365 Advanced Threat Protection, protects organizations from malicious threats from email messages, links, and collaboration tools. This in-development feature aims to allow admins to filter potentially dangerous messages targeting employees with malicious payloads or trying to redirect them to phishing websites. This feature is expected to be generally available by January. Oh, well, this is cool. Um, so two things. One, and I should have mentioned this in the NSA one, um, this, is, this story is all about insider threat. Um, you know, be mindful of p employees with active access to information, copy and pasting it off. Um, it doesn't, it's hard to, it's hard to find. You need a little bit more of a mature program in order to have the audit records appropriate, um, and, and to catch it and to identify that someone's exceeding what they're supposed to be doing in order to do their job. Uh, it's very difficult to catch unless you have a, a mature program. Uh, with this Microsoft Teams one, I appreciate that they're doing that. I, guys, I don't know about you. Um, you tell me, but like, I don't, I, you know, obviously I get email messages all the time and that's a pretty standard vector for fishes, but Teams Teams messages, I feel like my Teams environment is pretty, pretty uh, not locked down, but like, it's not like anyone can just hop on Teams and send you a message. This isn't like 
1995 AOL Instant Messenger where you can just get random DMs. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm using Teams incorrectly. I try to use Teams as little as possible because I think it's a terrible platform. But I, you guys tell me. Long story short, if if it is possible, this is the roadmap Microsoft has. Looks like an eye chart. Nothing really fun to read there. Um, but if if people are DMing you in Teams and it becomes like a practical attack vector, um, you know, guys, it's the same. It's the same message. It's the same consistent message for our end users. Hey, if you get something fishy, it's probably fish, right? So be mindful of who's sending it to you. Be mindful of links. Don't believe it, Carl. Period. Right. So the the it's like. The more things change, the more they stay the same, guys. It's just threat actors doing threat actor stuff, looking for new attack vectors, but using the same playbook, the same phishing links and emails and language to get end users to click on stuff. It's it's whatever, you know. But like I said, I, I don't really see randoms DMing me in Teams, so. And now, thanks to this week. I guess, hold on. I guess if an account was compromised, right? Say you worked at like a large organization with 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 people, and an account gets compromised, then they're in there, then they're using Teams to message each other. But like, you're already in the environment at that point. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, besides exposing yourself, I guess maybe for business email compromise purposes. I don't know. It doesn't seem practical. Like usually, I mean, threat actors are humans too, right? I mean, they're not going to go around their elbow to get to their butt. They're going to just go straight to their butt, right? So whatever. Episode sponsor, Hunters. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for security operation teams. Providing unlimited data ingestion and normalization at a predictable cost, Hunters helps SOC teams mitigate real threats faster and more reliably than SIEM. Visit hunters.ai to learn more. All right. Black Cat Ransomware. Hold on, Black Cat. You you hold hold your horses. All right, guys. I just want to take a hot minute since it's the break. And thank you all for being here. I want to remind everybody, if you want to get three pro actionable tasks for your end users, executives, and your peers every Monday morning, like today, many of you in chat got the email today. Many of you don't know what I'm talking about, but if you want to know, Go to this yellow URL at the top and sign up. If you got it today, let me know what you thought. I literally put a copy-paste email that you can just copy and send out to your organization. Do change the name from Gerald to your name. It should be your name. That was a mistake. <laughs> but um, you copy-paste out the window, and boom, you're delivering excellence, guys. Uh, I'm very, very proud of the newsletter. This is like maybe the fifth week it's gone out. Uh, continuing to get positive feedback from everybody on the newsletter. I'm always open for feedback, so let me know um, if you have any feedback on how to make it more valuable, more constructive. I have tweaked it, tweaked it, tweaked it, but I think it's really good now. It's probably a, I don't know, 60-second read, and you can just deliver value to your organization. So definitely give it a shot. Thanks so much. Ransomware gang claims to have hacked U.S. defense contractor. The ALF v. Black Cat ransomware gang claims to have breached the IT firm NJVC, which supports the federal government and the United States Department of Defense. The company supports intelligence, defense, and geospatial organizations and has more than 1,200 employees in locations worldwide. 
Black Cat added NJVC to the list of victims on its Tor leak site and is threatening to release the allegedly stolen data if the company will not pay the ransom. However, these claims are still in some doubt since the group's Tor leak site has since removed the listing. Hmm. Well, they may have removed the listing because they may have paid the ransom. Guys, I mean, this company makes $290 million in revenue annually. Um, I, what the hell? I know that sounds like a lot, but I would argue that that's, that's not really a lot. I mean, that's a good sized company, but um, in the grand scheme of things, this is probably, I don't know, like 500 person company, right? That's, that's not huge. They probably have an IT staff of like six people. Um, so, I mean, this is based on my experience with uh, annual revenues of this size, maybe, maybe less than 10 uh, IT staff. So they're not, they're not loaded, right? Uh, and Black Cat is a top tier looking uh, threat actor. I will be subscribing to this dark feed or at least checking out this dark feed. This is really useful information to be made aware of uh, when individuals are compromised. But guys, just be mindful, right? Oh, there we go. The company has 1,200 employees. There we go. So I was off by a little bit, but not by much. Not by much. Um, yeah, guys, this is the deal. In 2022, until further notice, you should definitely be protected, um, not just protected from ransomware executing in your environment, but be prepared for resiliency. How are you going to continue operations if ransomware detonates? How are you going to recover? And in what order? Like, literally, let me ask you this. And this is why, this is why Barricade Cyber Solutions is one of the sponsors of the channel and why I, I support them. Like, if you don't know, like, listen to me, if you get hit with ransomware, like this group right here, NJVC, and you have no idea what to do other than like run around with your hair on fire, you should have taken steps beforehand to get right. So you're ready to handle a situation like this, right? You don't want to be going through the phone book, looking up fire departments when your house is on fire. You want that all sorted out. Like a, a great question. Okay. Everything goes down. What is the first system you bring back up? Right? Is it Active Directory? Is it the mission critical system that generates product that makes revenue for the business? Is it email? What is it? Well, I guess you're going to have to sit around and have that conversation while your house is on fire, right? Or you're making decisions like, oh, let's bring up AD. Let's bring up, uh, but you're not rooting it in logic. You're rooting it in anxiety, emotion, and fear. You know, oh, we did it. Bring them all up at the same time. Well, we can't do that, sir, because we don't have the staff to bring everything up and it's going to take 14 hours to restore AD from a known good backup. So we're down just AD for the next 14 hours. Although the mission critical app would only take an hour and a half to bring back up. Should we do that one? Ah! Right? This is why you have to have these conversations. Like, it sucks for NJVC. It sucks to get hit with ransomware. But like literally, we it's 2022. We're not talking about stopping all the things. We're talking about stopping what we can to a level that we're comfortable with and being able to recover or operate while under compromise. That is how you operate in information security in 2022. It's ignorant. It's an ostrich head in the sand to think you're going to stop all the things. That's dumb. Fashy! alert. Backdoor spyware stashed in Microsoft logo. Internet snoops have been caught concealing spyware in an old Windows logo in an attack on governments in the Middle East. 
The Wichity gang used steganography to stash backdoor <coughs> Windows malware, dubbed backdoor.stegmap, in the bitmap image. Although rarely used by attackers, if successfully executed, steganography can be leveraged to disguise malicious code in seemingly innocuous-looking image files, said researchers at Symantec's Threat Hunter team last week. They added that disguising the payload in this fashion allows the attackers to host it on a free and trusted service. Yeah, but hold on one second. Like, okay, so guys, really quick, you hear about steganography like every, every couple years it pops up. If you're new to the industry, it seems like, you know, voodoo. You're like, oh, what? All steganography is, is hiding data inside an image. And, and really quickly, really quickly for the people who don't, uh, you know, know what this is or how it works. Like, look at this picture right here, okay? The red across the top, the white font, it says the register, right? I know exactly what that is, okay? I'm looking at it. Every single pixel is red, right? Let's just use the red one, right? So can I even do this here? Well, okay, you can't see it, but listen, if I were to look at that one pixel, it would have like an RGB value of like, say 255 red, zero green, zero blue, okay? Or, or whatever, it's not exactly that, but you get my drift, right? And there's just thousands, if not millions, I don't know how many, tens of thousands, pixels across here. So if with steganography, if you say, hey, listen, every fifth pixel, whatever the R value is, because it can be zero to 255, map it to an ASCII character, okay? And then you, you need a program to read the hidden messages, all right? You don't just like the, you don't just go to a website and, and like your browser's like, oh, there's a hidden code in here. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine, right? No, you need to feed in an image to a steganography reading program and it will know, okay, listen, it's, it's this kind of steganography. Every fifth uh, pixel, read the R value and translate it to ASCII and it begins to un, uh, uh, decode the values, okay? And when you change the R value of the pixel right underneath my cursor, from 255 to say one, 100 or 103 or even zero, right? The other end of the spectrum. It is so small that it does not render on the screen. Therefore, it is hidden to an end user. It's hidden to me. It's hidden to everybody, right? It, it looks like the Windows logo. But the program knows, yo, every fifth pixel, I'm going to read the R value and translate it to ASCII. This is how you hide data in images, period, end of story. Now, back to this story. Okay, cool. They hid a backdoor in the image. What doesn't make sense is if they hid the backdoor, that just means the code for the backdoor is in here. It's not the, the graphic isn't the backdoor. Like this isn't listening on some service on a, on a server waiting for a connection into the image. It is, it, it might as well be the backdoor file, you know, in the image, essentially. That's that's what it is. So I'm a little confused. Yeah, you can hide the backdoor in the image, but you can't execute the backdoor. You'd have to have a program to render out the data of the backdoor. So it makes me wonder, um, it says here, uh, GitHub far less likely to raise red flags, downloads from, an yeah. So <clears throat> I guess all, all it's saying is it's the payload, you know, it, it, it's hosted publicly, so you could pull you could pull this graphic down, and it wouldn't look strange. But you still need to rip out the backdoor payload from the graphic on the compromised endpoint, which maybe isn't a big deal because maybe you already compromised them. You still need to install that Stego program 
Uh, I'll go back and look at chat. Maybe stenography has changed. It, like I said, it's kind of a fringe technique that is bandied about because it's interesting, but no one really uses it. Like, why would I, why would I hide it? <laughs> I can just push a backdoor onto your box or do a second stage payload, right? Post-exploitation. Cobalt Strike or something. You know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Cobalt Strike or, or um, Empire or any of these other ones. Like, why, why do I have to goof around? Uh, whatever. When police identify gang that stole 4 million euros through phishing attacks. The phishing campaigns were conducted between October 3rd, 2020 and May 29th, 2021, in which the gang sent messages posing as coming from German banks. A statement released by the Bundeskriminalamt, the Federal Criminal Police Office of Germany, said the emails were visually and linguistically believable and informed recipients of changes in the bank's security system, asking them to click on an embedded link that redirected them to a landing page, which asked them to enter their credentials and transaction authentication number. One of the accomplices now faces 124 charges of computer fraud. All right, first of all, it's been a minute. All right, so, I mean, good on the German police for arresting at least this one individual. It might be, you know, obviously they might try to compromise this individual and get him to turn on their uh, co-conspirators. But, uh, dude, the guy's 24. That ain't, that ain't good, you know? So this dude probably uh, gonna, he stole $4 million. So I don't know what they do in Germany, but um, I feel like you're gonna get some jail time for that, my friend. Um, oh yeah, here we go. Two accomplices. So I knew that there were gonna be other people involved with this. This is kind of too elegant an attack. Um, this is this is like, you know, your basic cyber crime. Uh, I do not feel, there's nothing sophisticated about this. There's nothing super technical. They basically sent phishing emails, compromised the people, and I think got their um, their credentials, right? Through phishing. And then, let's see. Yep. They, they set up a, a fake looking, a fake real looking bank page. They got their creds and then the fraudsters got into their accounts, right? No big deal. This is pretty standard. Again, guys, you don't need to be like elite hacksaw to fish someone and steal their money, okay? Which is why we need to educate our end users on these type of attacks because they could be victimized, um, right? And you don't, we don't want that. Okay, so long story short, guys, the attack factor here was a uh, real looking uh, bank phishing email saying that their uh, banking accounts were comp uh, going to be impacted by a, you know, a backend business change and to follow a link to do it. <sighs> Anytime you get any message from any business asking you to follow a link to anything, especially if it's financial related, don't go through the link, right? Close it, go to your web browser, open up a, you know, a browser and log into the bank that way. Call the bank. Like I get it. It is inconvenient. And 99% of the time it's legitimate. But you have to be vigilant. It sucks. And I know, you know, end users don't like it, and which is why they fall victim to it. But like, guys, you have to be vigilant. It's that one, that one time, and I hate to fear monger, but like, the only way, like, if you're not vigilant, then you're at risk. Like, and you can control the risk by, bi by being vigilant, right? So that's all I'll say about that. Good on the German cops. Nice, nicely done. Last week in ransomware. 
As expected, threat actors are now using the leaked LockBit 3.0 ransomware builder for their ransomware operations. For example, the bloody ransomware group who previously used Babook and Conti encryptors has now switched to a LockBit 3.0 encryptor in an attack on a Ukrainian business. Researchers also reported that target company ransomware affiliates are now targeting publicly exposed Microsoft SQL servers. New research predicts that ransomware gangs may move away from encrypting altogether and switch to pure data exfiltration and file deletion to cut out the ransomware developer. This idea stems from a new file deletion and corruption feature in a data theft tool used by a Black Matter affiliate. Finally, this week we learned about Royal Ransomware, which has been quietly working from the shadows since February, but has more recently ramped up attacks. Interesting. Remember, we interesting. All right. So, you know, that's the ransomware roundup. The one thing that I found interesting uh, in this story here is that they said some ransomware threat actors might be getting away from ransomware altogether. Right here. This would be insane. If if the way that we solve ransomware is by the ransomware threat actors stop ransoming where, that's good for us, but geez, that sucks. Like, like it, we didn't solve it. They just gave they just gave up. Or not gave up. They they pivoted. Um and it sounds like it's all about cash money. Straight cash, homie. Right? It's all about cash. Ransomware threat actors are looking to get uh to stop doing ransomware because data exfiltration and the Either selling the data back to the victim organization or selling it on the web is making more money than the ransomware, which tells me two things. One, businesses and you know security technology companies are actually getting better at making recovery from ransomware easier. Okay, so the pain of getting your files encrypted and not paying the ransom and recovering is below a threshold where organizations aren't paying the ransom anymore. I'm not saying that's exclusive and happening all the time, but if ransomware gangs are moving away from it, to me, that indicates that the money isn't as good anymore or it's not there, right? It's, guys, I don't care if you're a criminal or if you're a, you know, you got that entrepreneurial spirit or whatever. It's all about money. It's all about the cash, right? Like That's why it's, it's that's why they're motivated. That's why they're doing what they're doing. And if there's no cash in the in the ransomware part of the operation anymore, why would they continue to do it, right? So, you know, Eric Taylor in chat, anybody else who's like a frontline blue teamer, I'd be curious what you're seeing from an experience perspective if more organizations that you're dealing with are not paying the ransom, um, you know, at the macro level. I'd be curious from, it, from an industry perspective. So let me know on that. Um, yeah, but that's very interesting. Okay, guys, we got a couple minutes, kind of a quick show today. Um, I do want to remind everybody that we have a couple uh, programming notes. Okay, guys, so please, please listen up. Please listen up for a minute. Every Tuesday, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday until school is out, because I teach, the show is at 8 a.m., just like today. Tuesdays and Thursdays are at 10 a.m., because that's when I get home from uh, university. I have some uh, personal things going on this week, and Wednesday and Friday, the daily threat briefing will be at 9 a.m. Eastern time. This is a special time uh, slot, okay? I have to, I basically have to take my kids to school those days, so, you know, drop-offs at 8 a.m. I can't 
be dropping my kids off and delivering hot takes on cyber news, okay? So Monday, uh, excuse me, Wednesday and Friday are at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Tuesday, uh, Thursday will still be at 10 a.m. I will remind you guys tomorrow as well. And then obviously on Wednesday when I start at 9 a.m., it'll be quite obvious. Also next week, I'm going to South Dakota for Wild West Hacking Fest, which I'm super excited about. Like the, 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 the buzz about that is like overwhelming. I, I haven't been to a security conference with this kind of buzz in a while. So I will continue doing the daily cyber threat briefing. I will get up Las Vegas style, butt crack of dawn before the sun comes up and be doing a version of the daily cyber threat briefing from my hotel room. I hope you can join me. All right, so we've got a couple minutes. I'll just send everybody off before I hang out with y'all. This was the daily cyber threat briefing. If you got value, um, I'm hopeful that you got value. But if you got value and you think other people could get value out of it, just share it with your social network. Let people know what we're doing over here. I think it is a fantastic program. Uh, I think it makes a difference. And I'm very, very happy to be part of it. Thank you so much. Now I'm going to hang out with chat. Have a great day, everybody. If you got a boogie out of here. Hey, Justin Gold. Good to see you. Kimberly's going to... Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Vamp Life. Hey, Lego. What's up, Matt McDaniels? My pleasure. Don't worry. You can get it on hashtag Team Replay, Matt. Casually Joseph. I hope it has a nice view, too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You're also... If you're going to be in um, Spearfish or Rapid City, where, wherever it is, uh, Deadwood. It's in Deadwood. You might see me running around. I am training for a half marathon, and I got to get my miles in. So if you see... You know, you see this guy, that's me, hauling butt down Main Street. Thank you, Cybersecurity Central. Thanks, Nathan Bolin. Yeah, next year, my man. They, they have one in uh, Reno, I think, as well, or San Diego. Hey, Louise Lon. Hey, Ahmad. You're welcome. My pleasure. Adrival, take care. Casey, good to see you. Nice. Aaron's got a lineup. Good playlist. Oh, guys, I don't know if you've noticed, if you are on Twitter... I've been going ham over on Twitter. Um, if you want some kind of exclusive, some exclusive posts, some exclusive takes, some interesting stuff, uh, consider connecting with me over on Twitter. I'll drop a link in chat. Um, I'm like, I tried, listen, I tried Instagram for, I don't know, three months, four months. Didn't really make a, um, a, a push. Hey, Anthony Kostowski. Good to see you. Thanks for joining the squad. Take advantage of those emotes. We got a Charles Finfrock emote now, too. I tried Instagram. Didn't work. Uh, I'm, I'm now making a concerted effort to, to focus on Twitter and share information on Twitter. Um, and it seems to be going much better than my Instagram. So give a shot of that. Oh, cool. Stacking coins with the uh, insider threat. No, I mean, the insider knowledge. Yeah, h h hook me up, man. Hook me up, stacking coins. Plus, it's been a minute since I saw you. We got the new Midnight album dropped. I know you like that. Rock Reels on IG. Yeah, Lego. You know, the thing is, Lego, I just, I, I don't know how to use Instagram well. And um, I just got frustrated. <laughs> so, um, you know how it goes. Maybe once Twitter blows up, I can refocus my energy. Oh, cool. Jake Rice, first day as a purple teamer. Yeah, Jake Rice. Kick it, man. Kick it. Hey, Elsa Tibbet. I hope we're connected on Twitter. We got... Um, can you connect with me on Discord, Stacking Coins? 
or send it to gerald.simplycyber at gmail. That's my, um, my email address. Yeah, Nathan Bowen getting trained up. Jeremy Williams. Jeremy Williams get in on Twitter. Yeah, there's a lot of great information. I will say this, guys. Twitter, if you're trying to deal with, like, breaking news, like this exchange not proxy shell thing, Twitter is, like, where it's at. Like, there's really good conversations going on. The, the trouble is sometimes Twitter gets a little toxic and a little, you know, uh, like, it's, 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 it's easier to get a quagmire over on Twitter than it is on LinkedIn. Um, but... You know, that's some of the spaces that we talk. This headset, uh, this is a Sony. Um, what is this? This is Sony uh, WHCH700N. It's okay. It's okay. I actually just replaced the, these things to have a little bit more breathable because my ears get all warm because I have to. I'm on the. I'm. I'm like doing this all day. You guys, you'd be. You'd be. <laughs> You'd be surprised if you saw my schedule, the way I operate and what I do every day. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, cool. B-Sec's got a list of who to follow on Twitter. B-Sec, if you share that with me, um, I will share it with the community. Or you share it yourself and I'll amplify it. Whatever you want to do. You just let me know. All right, guys. We're at time. Have a great week, everybody. This was Monday, October 3rd. Kickoff of Cybersecurity Awareness <clears throat> Marketing Month. Be good, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Later.